Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome at this is probably episode 110. But I could be mistaken. My only job, as pointed out by Noah, is to add one. 
<laughs> Just because a person has had a struggle with such feelings for some time is not proof that anything is inborn, and there's no solid science to back this up either. Many people struggle with appetites for food that lead to obesity, but very few were born with a hormonal imbalance leading to weight gain. Almost everyone learned these appetites along the way, so unlearning them will also be a step-by-step process, but it is most certainly possible starting with facing the truth. And it's kind of similar with homosexual feelings. But know the world's message today is go for it. Declare yourself and join the out and proud community. And the temptation to feel belonging and acceptance is tremendous. The first story we want to talk about comes from rightwingwatch.org. Um, Linda Harvey, this this story is, is delightful. This story, Cecil, reminds me of the... Uh, do you remember, like, taking the SATs and they had those, uh, you know, a monkey is like a horse as a dog is like a pony or whatever. Wait you know, a minute. Like, those things in. are alike. They are alike. <laughs> they are. I don't. I'm not. I wasn't very good at the SAT. You're not writing the SAT. Is I was just saying. filling in, like, right. bubbles. I was, like, right. drawing pictures with the. Right. Yeah. But the, Linda Harvey kind of goes the same way. She says gay people aren't all that different from those who struggle with eating too much and obesity. <laughs> And I would say that that's probably accurate if by eating too much you mean having sex with people who are the same sex as you. <laughs> How the fuck? What kind of crazy fucking comparison is this? Like, I know she's making an appetite comparison. Right. But that's but- like, like, look. Fucking Aristotle made an appetites comparison too. He's like fucking long dead at this point. Aristotle Last right I checked. now is rolling in his like he's like yeah. oh, my bones, my dusty fucking yeah. bones are rolling <laughs> with a comparison to Linda Harvey. Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Oh, fuck Aristotle, take that dude. <laughs> no, but like the uh, you're right. It's it's an appetite. It's an appetite comparison. But I mean that doesn't make any sense. It's like look, you have appetites for things. You know, maybe you have an appetite for, I don't know, like fucking extreme sports. Does that make right. you gay? You know what I mean? Like, it's so crazy. She, she's trying to talk about this as a learned behavior, right? So she says, almost everyone learned these appetites along the way. So unlearning them will also be a step-by-step process. But it's most certainly possible, starting with facing the truth. It's kind of similar with homosexual feelings. No. Nobody learns to be homosexual. How would the first person learn to be homosexual? And what's the truth about being fat? Like, food has calories? Like, that's the truth? Like, okay. Who doesn't know that? You have to face the truth. I've been facing a cake. Yeah. That's that's the problem. (laughs) Like, there's no... You know, people should... Hold a fucking mirror in front of me, man. (laughs) Like, I will face the truth. The, the, the it's like the truth is I'm rotund. Yeah, like, the that's truth the fucking is, truth. I don't fit in the mirror. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna need more mirrors. I'm gonna yeah. need actually a series. <laughs> need like a whole mirrors. all of mirrors. <laughs> so take me to a carnival and then shove me, butter my sides, and shove me into the funhouse so I can see my back finally. <laughs> You sta- you're standing in front of one of those funhouse mirrors like, oh, this is the one that makes me look short and fat. And they're like, yeah. you're actually not in the attraction yet, sir. <laughs> you're just short and fat. That's just – you're just short and fat. Oh, so the kids well are looking at you with their telescopes. Right, they're like, how many tickets to ride that one? They just like point right at me. Like, I want to go on the jumpy. Uh, like, no, I'm not a jumpy. Yeah. I'm a human being. <laughs> and you're so fat you must be gay. <laughs> 
you know, this is like the this is that age old like right wing coconut conspiracy nonsense like that. You know, like the kids be learning how to have the gay, right? Like that's it. Yeah. They're like oh, they yeah, catch yeah. this shit like a cold. Like they didn't wash their fucking hands enough. Like oh, you didn't wash your hands seven times today. Now you caught the gay. Oh fuck, damn. Can it? Can I get rid of it? Yeah, you just have to learn how to be attracted to a different sex. <laughs> Just face the truth. You just got to face the truth that your dick gets hard looking at a different sex. Gosh. That's the no. Like, I don't walk around like I don't walk around like stealing glances in the men's locker room where I work out. <laughs> like my eyes are on the ground. I don't want to see your junk, dude. Like, I want to just fucking go to the shower, shower, wrap my towel around myself, walk back to my fucking locker and then stare at my locker as I get dressed. Like, that's what I do. Like, I'm that's never fucking st- like flaunting my junk, walking around, <laughs> waving it around, like propelling that shit around the you locker. Like, Woo! And and it's not like I would have looked at a website or something or read a book that would make me think that that would be a good idea. Where I would be like, man, you know what? I've been sort of missing out on fucking walking around and waving my cock like a lasso at the fucking men's <laughs> locker room. Like, no. First off, it's not a lasso; it's like a piece of thread. But secondly. <laughs> Like the very fact is, is I just, it's just not interesting to me. Now it may be interesting to some people. I'm not fucking like discounting their experience. Great. Good for you. But the idea that, you know, like somehow this is a learned, like, just like you said, like somehow it's a learned response. Like what, what the fuck do you have to stumble into to learn the gay? I Well, that's the thing. It's like. In order for something to be a learned, like biologically, like a learned response, like the, let's imagine like the reward, like the reward circuit. Like the pleasure system would just have to be like triggered. You like right. walk into a room and there's like a dude's dick and you're just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. And all of a sudden, I don't know, like somebody feeds you a Twinkie or something. Like how is that? <laughs> they, it's like you're like Pavlov's dong. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it's, – it's not how sexuality works. It's not like you walk around and, – and heterosexual people all know this. Right. They know this as instinctively as homosexual people know this because they don't ever have to think about who they're fucking attracted to, who you're attracted to and what you fucking think about have nothing in common. Like you're thinking bits when it comes to attraction like, well, if I can, you're going to get fucking hard now. I'll be over here. Like I'll be reading fucking advertisements for Volvo. It doesn't matter. You don't fucking need me right now. You're busy being attracted to something. Like, those two parts of your body, they may as well be fucking different organisms. They have nothing to fucking do with each other. You can't learn the gay. Who would teach you the gay? Who's the first one that taught the first one the gay? You know, also, too, I mean, she's sort of shooting herself in the foot here because, you know, the it's not learned behavior that, we're, that uh, attracts us to fatty foods. This is, you know, natural behavior. I mean, you, you know, yeah, it's learned in that I tasted it one fucking time and I'm like, holy shit, I want a Big Mac because it's <laughs> fucking loaded with fucking fat or holy shit, I want the cheesecake or holy shit, I want this chocolate bar or whatever the fuck it is right. that you're, you know, you're eating some thing that's su- super like calorie dense, nasty, full of fat and sugar something, you know, because that's something like that just doesn't occur in nature. Normally it's like, you know, you need a fucking whole bushel full of broccoli or you can eat this tiny little nugget of sugar. You know what right. I mean? Like yeah. where there's no Snickers tree. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <'Cause> I've been <laughs> looking. There's not even a Prince fucking spaghetti tree. <laughs> but, you know, the idea is like, you know, it's I mean, while it is a learned response, it's also instinctual because the moment you taste it, your endorphins go off. Right. The same thing here. It's like, you know, I'm sure that, you know, you, the thing is you're around boys and girls as you grow up. And 
your instincts take over. Just like you're around different foods and your instincts take over. Who's that guy on the other side of the glory hole? It's Jesus. So see, this story comes from the Huffington Post. Kentucky school, this is another crazy comparison story. Kentucky school prayer petition links prayer ban with AIDS epidemic. Because I guess if you can't pray in school out loud, because you can pray in school, right? So it's like you can pray. Anybody can pray in school. Yeah. But if you can't pray in school in front of everybody in a way that leads them in a prayer, then you'll get AIDS. In Kentucky. And you'll get AIDS. <laughs> like, that's how you get... No, no, this is scientifically proven. In Kentucky... No, I, I realize you're being serious right yeah, now. Yeah, this is how you get AIDS, is that somebody was going to pray, and and then you didn't... They didn't pray, and then you were in a school at the time, and so then you got AIDS. And that's how that... That's how that works. Works, yeah. Jesus. When do the condoms come in? No, they don't. Yeah, they don't, because it's Kentucky. <laughs> so, it's yeah, Kentucky. condoms don't get to come in. No, no. You don't ever Kentucky. get to come in condoms. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is pretty, this is, this is, you know, obviously this is just like, this is the American Family Association just being fucking crazy, but they are right when they say Florida and Mississippi already have put together prayer uh, sort of back in schools because we, we talked about, we, I don't Did we talk about it? The I don't prayer? think so. Well, I think we, we didn't talk we, about it, but you did. tweeted it. Right. Yeah. The prayer in schools in, in Missouri or whatever, right. or Mississippi, whatever. They're both M states that and I, um, you know, they they wind up with uh, they're they're actually allowing students to initiate the prayer. It's not you know, look, we're not letting the teachers initiate the prayer. We're just having the students do it. You know, over the intercom in the morning. Right. Exactly. So, you know, you could not participate if you want to, but pretty much you have to hear the fucking intercom. You know, so that's what they've they've sort of instituted in one of those states, and now they want to do that here. And uh, and they're basically saying that, and it says here, this is what the American Family Association said. I guess maybe they chanted this. It said, "Students praying again will eventually turn our country back to God." And I mean, really, the thing is, is like this is just a crazy organization that is trying any way they can to try to undermine separation of church and state because yep. they don't think it exists. And this is this is just another example of. You know, when everybody says, oh, why the hell are you atheists even talking about religion? You know, the reason why we're talking about religion is because people want to cram it down your throats. And we, I just don't want them to – I just don't want it in schools. Like, I just don't want it in schools. It's real simple because they – you know, the Hindu kid in class is going to have to listen to that prayer in Mississippi. Right. And the, yep. the Wiccan kid in class is going to have to listen to it. Or what, and they don't even have to be weird religions. I don't even know. I mean, I guess all religions are weird. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, like, like the Catholic kid has got to hear the Pentecostal prayer. Yeah, they right. shouldn't have to do that. You know, wouldn't you think with how many – and we've talked about this before, but you know, there's like hundreds if not thousands of different sects of Christianity. And they can differ really fucking widely yeah, absolutely. on their belief structure, on, on really fundamental issues about you know, how their belief structure operates. So why in the world would you want somebody leading a Christian prayer that's not even a meaningful thing to say, right? Because it's like – well, which sect of Christianity? You know, would 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 the Protestants be real comfortable having a Catholic mass? No, of course fucking not. They don't want to have a Catholic mass. They want to have their everybody wants to have their brand, right? That's what they want. They want to walk in and be like, "Well, I've got my Nike swoosh on this." I and everybody yeah. should all Yeah. 
you know, bow down to my Nike swoosh. And somebody could be like, well, I'm a running shoe too, you know? But then you look over like, well, fuck you. You're a Reebok. Go to hell, you know? And it's like, well, this protects all of us. We're all equally ignoring this issue in the public sphere together so that we can get along, so that we can have – this is why this, – this is how you get nice things. You yeah. Know? Like, this right. is how you do it. You don't, you don't do it by having the fucking American family – and I'm – American Family Association. You have nothing to do with families. American Family Association of Kentucky, you know, talking about a, a petition that states that after the removal of prayer from public school – Teen pregnancy and violent crime rates spiked 500%. Except for violent crime and teen pregnancy is down. It's down. It's not Yeah, but up. it spiked. Like, it didn't spike 500%. Violent crime is down across the entire fucking country. Teen pregnancy is down. Like, it's not up. It's not... We're, we're going yeah, in the right direction. Yeah, but those are just statistics. Oh, I know. You can just yeah. say anything if it's true. <laughs> <laughs> you can just say anything you want. And you know, there doesn't mean that there aren't groups of people in this country that uh, you know that I have sympathy for. I do. And there are kids that were brought into this country by their parents unknowing that they were breaking the law. And they will say to me and others who defend the rule of law, we have to do something about the 11 million. And some of them are valedictorians. Well, my answer to that is, and then, by the way, their parents brought them in. It wasn't their fault. It's true in some cases, but they aren't all valedictorians. They weren't all brought in by their parents. Uh, for everyone who's a valedictorian, there's another hundred out there that um, they weigh 130 pounds and they've got calves the size of cantaloupes because they're hauling 75 pounds of marijuana across the desert. Those people would be legalized with the same act. And until the folks that want to open the borders and grant this amnesty can define the difference between the, the innocent ones who have deep ties with America and those who have been, I'll say, undermining our culture and civilization and profiting from criminal, from criminal acts, until they can define that difference, they should not advocate for amnesty for both good and evil. Fucking love this guy. Steve King, Representative Steve King of Iowa, um, is just <laughs> fucking batshit crazy. Undocumented immigrants... Mostly 130-pound drug runners with calves the size of cantaloupes. What? <laughs> it's better than calves the size of antelopes. Because that's huge calves. I mean, huge. But an antelope the size of a calf would that's be kind true. of interesting. That'd be just be kind of cute. It's like bouncing around. Right, right. Could this guy say anything more unbelievably offensive? Right. I right. mean, this is, this is a racist, crazy, th- fucking spectacularly xenophobic ignorant fucking thing to say how is he an employed individual you know i i first off i don't obviously he's elected in there right by some by his constituents he's in iowa so evidently he has got some sort of weird portion of iowa that just loves him what he's saying is that one out of a hundred people that are immigrants illegal immigrants and we're gonna you know we'll call them illegal immigrants one out of a hundred of those people are worthwhile one right. out of a hundred of those people are are valedictorians because there's one valedictorian to one hundred, uh, and he says they weigh a hundred and thirty pounds. I don't know where he gets a hundred. What does a hundred and thirty pounds even mean? They I, weigh a hundred and thirty pounds, and they've got calves the size of cantaloupes because they've been hauling seventy five pounds of marijuana across the desert. And I ca- like I'm wondering like why are they carrying marijuana on their backs? Is it like a competition? Like, is it like, it's like the marijuana carrying Olympics? Is that what he's, because you know what? 
illegal immigrants can drive cars. Like they they can cart drugs around if they so choose in a vehicle rather than carrying it on their back. And why is it 75 pounds? Isn't like major drugs sold in kilos? Like, don't they like, I mean, how many kilos is 75 pounds? And what is he having in a duffel bag? Like, I want to understand the logistics of this, like sort of schlepping the 75 pounds of marijuana. I kind of want to know. First off, I want to know why they're doing it. Secondly, I kind of want to know how they're doing it. Like, it seems like, I mean, it seems like he's been focusing a lot on their calves. Rather yeah, well, than anything else. I would focus on their calves, too, because they have to carry more than half their fucking body weight and weed. I know. Like, it would be huge. <laughs> it's big, man. It would, That's be, diesel. it would be like carrying a fucking stinky green hay bale. Like, what the yeah. fuck? It's, 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 that's a ridiculous thing to say. How big would 75 pounds of weed have to be? This this is a guy who thinks drug running involves running. It involves running. Like that. Like That's why he, their calves are huge. They're like I, joggers. As if this is actually how drugs are transported across the border by skinny people running fast. Like that's not, <laughs> that's not how this happens. You, you want? I mean, you couldn't have a more unrealistic. And he's probably making. Somebody suggested on Twitter when I posted this story, like, oh, he's probably making a joke. And it's like, well, I, I watched the video, and I don't think he's making a joke. I think he's just fucking crazy. I just think he's crazy. Well, if he's making a joke. It's the most tongue-in-cheek joke ever. Yeah, if, if it is a joke, Tom, you're right. He keeps his composure the entire time. He's like a fucking, I mean, he's totally stoic the entire time and never really cracks a smile or anything. He doesn't even like, you know, when you make a joke, and we do it all the time, we get bitched out for it. We, we kind of chuckle. Like, we laugh at our own jokes, right? We kind of chuckle to sort of get get the other person to think, ha, ah, this is something I'm saying that's funny. Right. He doesn't even do that. He's just like, mm. maybe he's the Jago who gave us that iTunes rating. He's just so, like, unfunny and just, like, so stoic. He's just like, you should not laugh at anything. But in any case, you know, what he's, you know, whether or not he's making a joke is irrelevant. What he's saying is, is that all, uh, most of the people that are here illegally are criminals yep. or they're, de- yeah. they're despicable people that should not be here. He, he at one point calls them pure and unpure. Yeah, he's got some weird use of language. He 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 uh, elicits good and evil. Good and at, evil at the end of his at the end of his uh, screed. Yeah, um, which is just really evil. Evil. It's evil. Like somebody comes over across the border and they're like, "Yeah, my family's fucking hungry and I want a better life for them, so I'm gonna risk fucking life and limb and sever ties with my family to come over to another country where I don't probably speak the language immediately and you know have to work in probably semi deplorable conditions for sub minimum wage in order to feed my family. What an asshole!" Evil yeah. stamp. Like, I'm getting out my fucking evil stamp and putting it right across that hardworking <laughs> right. motherfucker's forehead. Right. Because yep. none of those people exist, right? These are just these are just ne'er-do-wells that, you know, and where, where on Ellis Island is the scale where you come in and you have to, like, weigh your heart against the feather or whatever? Or just, <laughs> like, like, even Anubis. just... Yeah, it's like... Or even just, like, you know, like, you have to be, like, listing your good deeds from your other country and be like, well... Seems kind of evil. Send him back. Like, we don't fucking judge. I mean, obviously, if you committed a crime somewhere else when you're coming into our country legally, you know, there there can be some problems with that. And, you know, let's not let's not neglect the idea that there are people that have committed crimes in their country that got through the through into our country illegally. That fucking happens. But to say that those people are, you know, that there's like a hundred thousand worthwhile people and there's 10 million non worthwhile people. 
You know, the ba you're basically calling them all criminals or all, you know, just ne'er-do-wells, awful people. You're an idiot. These people, these people, you know, like you said, they, they work shitty jobs for, you know, bad pay and they wind up, you know, without any of the benefits that we have as, as United States citizens. They, you know, half of them can't even call the police most of the time because they're afraid. So they're, they're on the margins of society. They're living in, you know, deplorable conditions most of the time. You know, how dare you say something like that, that these people are awful people? You're an awful person, you <laughs> jag off. <laughs> So, Cecil, this story comes from Haritz. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> I think I did. I think I got that one. Yeah, when there's com. two A's, you got to really pronounce that H. That's when you just... <sighs> yeah, you just got to you know, sort of let it go. Yeah. Right. It's weird. Yeah. I, I got to clean the spit off the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> Ultra-Orthodox protesters shatter bus windows after female passenger refuses to sit in back. Demonstrators in some place that I'm not going to pronounce block path of bus and smashed its windshield with a hammer before moving on to the other buses nearby. Uh, all because a fucking woman wouldn't sit in the back of the bus? Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? In 2013? We have to do this again? I know. In a civilized world, we really have to look around and be like, oh, it's this shit again. We have oh. to do this shit again. Fucking Rosa Parks. What the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, like, it's so funny. One of the parts of this article that, you know, you're right. You know, it's, it's a woman sitting in the front of the bus and they had, you know, it's sort of like this unspoken rule where if it, most people just agree to it, that women shouldn't be in the back of the bus. And a woman asked her to go to the back of the bus. It was like a, it wasn't like a dude. It was a woman who was like, hey, you should go to the back of the bus. And then the bus driver was like, you don't have to go back there. Like, that's not a law. And then they freaked the fuck out. And I'm going to read here. It says the bus was full because of vacation. When the driver stopped at a stop, four people in Harati, uh, I guess that's some sort of like, is that their tuxedo um, <laughs> dress, blocked the, blocked the bus, uh, bus, the bus path and began to bang on the windows with a hammer. The passengers got upset and there were and there, there were people with babies. The driver tried to flee the scene, but he couldn't because they were blocking the bus's path. And the first thing I saw was like, don't you have a bus? I, like, well, I, how do you block the, what do they have, a tank? How do you block the pass of a path of a bus with a fucking 150-pound body? That's I, impossible. The bus is like 20 fucking tons. You know, it, I read the same thing. It reminds me of, like, do you ever watch the old, like, motorcycle gang movies? And, like, the motorcycles would, like, surround the car, and then they'd slow down, and they'd force the car to stop. And it's like, yeah. wait a minute. No, no, no. You misunderstand yeah. our power position here. Yeah. You don't have doors yeah. on your vehicle. <laughs> like you're on the you're on the tippy one. I'm in the car. Yeah. I'll be okay. You'll be road pizza. Yeah. Like you're gonna stand in front of yeah, and it's it, you stand in front of me like with a fucking hammer. Were they just walking around with hammers? <laughs> well, they I read had this it in their karate. They're just like they hey, just you carried that know, shit maybe around. I have to fix something yeah. or harass a woman for not going to the back of the bus. <laughs> hey, I'm a handyman on my spare time. What do you want? <laughs> what a despicable, awful, unbelievable fucking culture they're generating. I mean, that's just as, like it's as bad as can be. It's like 
They, they, we cover these same fucking morons that were spitting on women for not yeah. being dressed modestly enough when they were going to right. school. Right. And by women, I mean girls. Yeah, little girls. Yeah, not. This is not a grown woman. And even, I mean, it's deplorable when it's a it's a grown woman. It's even more deplorable when it's a little girl. And what is this for? What is what are what is the big fucking deal? You know, there's no fucking mention of a bus in your book, dude. Right. They, God didn't mention buses. So I don't know where you're getting it from. The only reason you want to do it is to show women their place. You want to say, look, you sit behind us. You don't fucking talk. You don't fucking look at me. You make sure you're fucking covered up because if you're not, I'm going to get an erection. I'm going to be fucking mad. So you better get in the goddamn back of the bus. That's all it is. It's them just pushing someone around. It's them just being bullies. And you know what? Fuck you. So we got a new break thing. My wife came in and recorded a brand new break thing. So give it a listen this time. This is, you know, this is your one time, your one chance to listen to it. And then you can fast forward it in the future. But here it is telling you how to get in contact with us. Want to get in touch with the show? Send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod. Like the podcast page on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash dissonance pod, or just type cognitive dissonance into the Facebook search bar. Want your voice featured on our show? Leave a short message on our Google Voice at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Visit dissonancepod.com to see the news stories featured in the show, buy apps and merchandise, or just leave a comment. And to everyone who helps spread the word about the show by sharing it, tweeting it, and rating it on iTunes, glory hole, you fucking rock. And see, so this story comes from Guardian LV, Guardian Express, boldly inclusive. I love that. (laughs) Boldly inclusive. inclusive. (laughs) Let's be inclusive. No. Let's do it. Let's be boldly inclusive. (laughs) Not those timidly inclusive fuckers (laughs) over at the Daily Mail. Yeah. Sexually transmitted demons a menace, say teen exorcists. Um, These three young exorcist idiots um, have decided that demons can be sexually transmitted. And while that may be hot um, in certain circumstances, this this comes from a uh, documentary actually from Vice.com. Have you ever watched any of those from there, from Vice.com? I've watched a couple of things from there, yeah. It's actually a pretty useful website to troll around on and look at. Like, some of their shit is just awful, like super <laughs> amateur hour awful. But some of their stuff is really kind of interesting to look at. And they had these uh, these dimwits on. Um, and these are these. We, we covered these these three exorcists a couple of years back, didn't we? Was it on Cognitive yeah, Dissonance or was, was it on, on? I don't remember if it was on Cognitive Dissonance or not. But, we you know, we did the Teen Girl, girl Squad thing back then, too. <laughs> they are Teen Girl they Squad, are. man. <laughs> And, uh, you know, th- 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 this this whole idea that, like, demons can be sexually transmitted is just part of this, you know, hyper-Christian sex fear that gets fucking spread around by these uh, super-Christians, you know? Like, make everybody as fucking afraid of sex and sexuality as possible. Um, and I don't—like, and, and I'm always like, well, why? What do you guys have to gain from that? And I actually don't even know the answer to that. Like, what do they have to gain from this— from like spreading this prudish fear of sexuality. Yeah, I guess I don't know either. I mean, I'm sure that there's a probably a very reasonable answer to that. I, I mean, I think, you know, probably one of the things they have to gain is bigger flocks, because if you 
shun sexuality until you're married, then you're going to fuck like, you know, there's no tomorrow once you're right. married. Yeah, I guess And you're going to shit out a bunch of kids and you're going to, you know, <laughs> have a fucking giant flock then. You know what I mean? Because they're going to have like five, six, seven kids because they, they never got a chance to sort of go buck wild beforehand and they never learned about safe sex either. So, you know, they wind up with a ton of different, you know, kids after afterwards and then they just wind up with a huge flock because of it. More people to tithe, I guess. Um the thing about this is, is that there, you know, I, I initially was dubious of this article um, about sexually transmitted demons, but I did, I did a little research, Tom. You just got to sort of wow. bear with me here. I did do you a little can research. Do research? I, yeah, it's possible. And there are a few sexually transmitted demons. I want to, I just want to mention a few. There's a Harpetitis B. That's one of them. Harpetitis yeah, B. There's a- AIDS Modius is another one. That one's bad. Uh, That'll get you. Basil bumps. That's another one. <laughs> and then the last one is uh, Gorgonorrhea. So, Gorgonorrhea. Yeah, that's 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 that one I hear is tough. You got to get a shot for that one. That's just fucking awesome. <laughs> that's all. Aw- you you know you've got it bad when you're like, doctor, how is it? Do I have? They are legion. <laughs> <laughs> got them all. Got them all. Got them all. It's like Sorry. fucking Pokemon. You're like, gotta catch them all. Gotta catch them all. There's a good part of this too. That's that's this is Bob Larson guy says. Um, demons can't just go into <laughs> anybody they want to. They have to have a legal right. A legal right. And I keep I love wondering, that. like, what the like? How do they like get the legal right? They're just long lines, are like standing in the court. They're like, I fill out the paperwork. Can I get in this one? Well, you know, I got to say, though, he, he answers that question because he says that um, if you sin, if you start doing drugs, I don't think drugs is one of the sins, by the way. Like, is drugs one of the sins? It's not a commandment. I don't remember that. Like, it's thou like, shalt not toketh up is not right. one of the things that you're... Thou shalt not doeth a bump. Like, what? Yeah. I don't... Not sure that's... But they, they just throw that in there. Like, you can't do drugs. Okay, which one? Well, the ones that are currently illegal, obviously. Not the ones that will be. What if they? I don't know. So you get, if you start doing drugs or if you sin, then you will have stepped out of the umbrella of God's protection, and then you are vulnerable to catching a demon. Again, it's this idea of like catching them like a cold. It's like oh, 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 dude, you gotta bless me right away. I got fucking demon boogers. Like it's just <laughs> it's fucking awful. Yeah, like you're like fucking sneezing out Slimer from your crotch. Well, like that's what you're not sneezing, but. <laughs> Okay, this is a viewer who says, my house is haunted. There's moaning coming from the walls, lights turn on and off, the TV changes channels on its own, the beds move, stuff floats off tables, mirrors break, and there's sometimes a creepy fog. The ghosts look like people but have dark blue light around their feet and hands. What do I do? (laughs) If it was me, I'd burn the house down and move on. (laughs) But assuming you, you, you can't afford that. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think the Bible supports the concept of, of, of p- people coming back to haunt houses and uh, the chains and all that stuff. You know, they're walking the halls because they were murdered and they're looking for uh, rest, or rest and solace. But I do believe in demons. The Bible clearly says there's, de- there's fallen angels and these demonic forces. And you need to get people to come and do an exorcism over that property and command those demons to leave. That's what you do. You take authority in the name of Jesus 
And if you can't do that, move. So this story comes from the raw story, and I actually find this story very comforting because Pat Robertson is a man of action. He's a man with a good plan, Cecil. Um, he tells our he tells viewers with demons to burn their house down <laughs> or get an exorcism. <laughs> this is his plan. Somebody comes to you for advice, and he's like, "Huh? Well, if that was me, I would burn my house down." Really? <laughs> I would never burn my house down. <laughs> There's not a thing that would cause me to burn my house. Maybe like an infestation of spiders. I don't know. Like maybe no, not even then. I would just call Orkin. Right, you just like fumigate. Right, you know, there's like, there's always a better option than like cleansing it with fire. Like, that's yeah. like a weird pyromaniac thing to do. I love the idea. It's just like, you know, the thing is, is most people don't own their houses. The bank owns your house. You pay and you eventually get the deed to your house. But the bank owns your house and yeah, for a right. very long time. 30, you know, an average mortgage is 30 years long. So most people that are, you know, average aged until they get, I mean, if you buy a house at 20, that house is yours at 50 if you make all the payments. So you got to figure that most retirees might own their home, but the rest of the people are probably, you know, unless you come into money or you figure out some sort of financial plan, you don't own your own home. You pay other people, and they eventually give you so burning it down. It's not your house to burn down. Well, That's a jail sentence, dude. You even burn if you your own house it. down, you burn your own house down. You have no collateral anymore. <laughs> burning your house down is always illegal, though. Like the, like most cities have a fucking rule. That you can't just light your house on fire. Right? Like, you can't, I don't think that they, they'd be real sympathetic as the fucking entire neighborhood went up in flames because right. it happened to be windy the day the demons showed up. You know, <laughs> the like. guys right now is like, so wait, you, you, you did this. Yeah, right. You, you, you did this because of what? Because of what? Because Pat Robertson told you to. And, and again, like, isn't hell full of fire? Yeah. What are you going to do to the demons? <laughs> Right? That's like throwing water on a fish. Right. Like a fish would just be like, right. thanks? Yeah, that's great. Gonna leave. I'll just... And you do, you do you have to burn all your shit? Can't the demon, like, just follow you out to your car? Like, demon's, like, walking behind you, like, as you're pouring the gas around the fucking perimeter of your house. Like, I'll show you, demon! And demon's like, I'll just... I'll just walk out of the house. Are they bound to the house in some way? Like, I'm stuck. They don't exist, so who cares? Right. But, like, this mythology is so crazy. Like, this is. And I also like, too, that he also kind of subtly makes fun of poor people, right? Because what he says is if it was me, I'd burn the house down. But assuming you can't afford that. She's basically being like, well, I'm fucking rich, yeah. and I'll just buy another house. Yeah, well, like, actually, the listeners or the viewers will buy him another house. Exactly, right? Right. Like, because he didn't fucking just- work for that money, and he's got to get his diaper changed somehow. So, <laughs> I, You know, this is, this is also another funny part, too. He says, I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think the Bible supports the concept of people coming back to haunt houses. And I'm thinking, like, when did you believe in supporting evidence? Yeah. When did that fucking come about? <laughs> I love too. Like I don't you're believe in ghosts. You're reading a two thousand year old book, and you're like, hmm, you know, it didn't mention it, so doesn't exist. Yeah. What about the Holy Ghost? Yeah. Like is <laughs> well, he just he's just like, oh, that one. Let's but that not one's not a house haunting ghost. That's yeah. more of a that's more of an apparition. Yeah. I'm not sure. Like, what does that fall into? Just a different category. You don't believe in ghosts, motherfucker. You think that you can fucking nail somebody to a tree, kill him. 
and he'll pop back up in three days. But ghosts are outside the realm of your fucking possibilities? I can't, you know, I can't imagine that this guy gets airtime. I mean, are they going to keep him up there until he's like half his mouth works and he's drooling out the side of the other half? They're going to they weekend keep with Bernie's him up there this guy. Until he has like a stroke and he's like filling his pants on fucking screen and he's just like, give me money. <laughs> like, I mean, really, is he going to be like fucking all completely fucking Parkinson's out at one point and they're just going to keep him on the air? How do you keep a guy on that makes so little sense? This is going to be you and I in our later years on the show. Just <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to us then anyway. <laughs> Nobody's listening now. Well, there you go. Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. This comes from the Raw story. Uh, North Dakota pro-life group hands out creepy toy fetuses to kids at state fair. Uh, the You know, there's a plus side to this article, Cecil. Actually, quite a quite a big one. Um, and that is that this happened in North Dakota because there's only fucking seven people in North Dakota. <laughs> well, the other plus side, too, is that they actually had a carnival game where you threw the fetuses around bottles. They had like like little umbilical cords. And if you got like three fetuses on there, you got the teddy bear. That's so, nice. yeah. you know, I mean, it, it, you know, there's there's bonuses to this. You could actually trade in three of the smaller fetuses for like a later term. Oh, fetus, yeah, yeah. Now, you you know. Eventually work your way up to an actual doll. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can trade in a whole bunch of the dolls for Pat Robertson. <laughs> you just need a lot of them. Yeah, you're going to need a lot of them. What, I, what I, I feel, you know, they're giving out these creepy little fucking fetuses, right? These little, you know, non-formed humans. And they're giving them out to try to tell little children who would accept a toy from you. That they shouldn't get abortions. Right. That seems like the target group that you should be going after <laughs> is the six and seven year old people out there who just are fucking rampantly at this point and <laughs> are just fucking they're just rife with abortions. You should see how many abortions six and seven year olds get. It's just amazing. Oh, the primary school, uh, you know, pregnancy rate is pretty high. Yeah, they have you know? one in the nurse's office at every school. Now. <laughs> they, just, they just have a fucking, they got a whole fucking birthing center in the kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> Stirrups, they're shooting they kids out of their the fucking. whole thing. Like, there you go. It's, they get fucking, you can get a fucking midwife in third yeah. grade. Who gives a shit? <laughs> just have a baby out there. Kids think it's a tetherball. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, you know, appeal to the kids stuff. That these that these evangelists do, and that's really what this is. Yeah, this is evangelizing. Yeah. You know, yeah. make no mistake about it. This isn't somebody sure. with a political opinion. Actually, there was kind of an interesting article on, uh, uh, and I, I didn't tweet it out, but I just read it. There's an interesting article on uh, the Friendly Atheist blog um, where a an atheist pro life individual tried to join a pro life group, and because they weren't a religious person. They were turned down from every pro-life organization in their state. They could not join. They're like, they're like, I am aggressively pro-life. And they're like, well, but we're a Christian ministry. Like there's – they're so fucking in bed with each other. They're so tied together. And this is part of this, this evangelizing. And it's clearly like 
it's clearly a, a, a political evangelizing, you know, around the topic sure, of abortion. Sure. Um, but they're using that same methodology of get them while they're young, you know, get the kids while they're young. I'm reminded, and I, I know I've said this before on the show, but I'm reminded of like when the down the street neighbors try to evangelize to my kid by yeah, inviting yeah. them to a party. It's like every little kid likes a free thing. Like you take a kid to a fair or a carnival or a grocery store and you put a free thing in their hand. Like I got a free thing and they're super happy. Yeah. So they're all going to take it and it's a doll and it's like, oh, cool. I got a toy. And it's just such a fucking evil, manipulative, fucking subversive thing to do. Yeah, it's awful. And, the, you know, the idea here, too, is like, you know, I mean, while you're, you know, subverting the kids or whatever, and you're trying to, like, you know, convince them or whatever, how how many parents are you angering by walking up? You know, I mean, because it's not like the kids are wandering around the fair by themselves. They didn't get dropped <laughs> off there early in the afternoon and get picked up late at night. You know, these, these people, are, how, do, how what kind of fucking chutzpah do you have to have to walk up to these people and be like, hey, you know what I'm going to do right in front of you? I'm going to fucking profess, you know, this really hot button issue and I'm going to, you know, tell I'm going to basically come right out, bear my side of this to you and your child and try to convince your child through this manipulation that mine is the right side. Like that's a fucking really abhorrent and shitty thing to do to somebody. You know, you know, putting your kid, putting the kid on the spot, putting the parent on the spot, having them make, you know, now I've got to have a difficult conversation with my child about abortion when they're six or seven. Yeah, they're right. not ready for that shit. You know, yeah, it's I like mean, walking up and handing them a fucking dildo, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, I mean you're exactly right. It's it it it's uh it's a big fuck you, like it's a big dick in the ass to all the parents it who are walking around. You know, you're just. It's like, oh, let's go to the state fair. It'll be super fun until some fucking crazy abortion dude comes up. You know, the pro-choicers would be every bit as wrong. Right? Absolutely. It, it makes no difference. Like, this isn't even about the. It's just. If they were walking around don't... handing out coat hangers, it'd be awful. <laughs> be terrible. You're all dick. Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh, my God. What's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. <laughs> This is the greatest story of the week, for fucking sure. This is from Right Wing Watch. Fewer than 10 people show up. <laughs> I like this, fewer than 10. They didn't count. They're like, eh, it's not quite 10. Not quite 10. Show up for ex gay pride event that expected. Hip, hip, hooray! <laughs> <laughs> that they expected to draw thousands. American Family Radio Sandy Rios spoke to ex-gay Pride Month organizer Christopher Doyle about this uh, ex-gay lobby day on Capitol Hill. And they said that there were going to be thousands, Cecil, thousands of people showing up. Or or less than one dozen. The picture is awesome. The picture has more (laughs) media than it has ex-gays. But they were chanting. They're like, hell no, we won't blow. Hell no. It was awesome. If you watch the last video here, this dude is so funny when he's talking about like, he's like, I'm an ex-gay and, you know, he's saying like the pro-gay bigotry is like what he says is like the pro-gay hate speech where people will tell you that it's okay to be gay and I've changed. And it's like, you know, what I want to say about guys be like, cool, you changed. Let's just say you did. I don't I have no idea. Sure, you changed. Whatever. Matters not. 
But, you know, what he says is he's like, you can't tell me who I choose to love. And you're like, no, I can't. Absolutely not. But you can't do that either. Dude. I know. You know, that's where the shit is going right over your head. You can't do that. I do get to choose to tell you who you can and can't strip rights away from. You know, that's one thing we get to do. And the answer to that is nobody. You don't get to strip rights away from anyone. And then you also, we can't, you know, I could tell you who you should tolerate. And tolerance goes for everyone. If they're not, you know, if they're not infringing on your rights, then who gives a shit? But you're going to go out there and you're going to say that, you know, there's this pro-gay bigotry. And there's this, you know, uh, you can't tell me who I choose to love. You know what? I watched a, I watched a photo series um, I, that was posted. It was the... Minnesota just had. Oh, a, I saw that. Yeah. Had a whatever. A uh, they passed a law, and they had one of the. I think it was the the mayor just married a shit ton of people all in one night. Just they started at one time, and they finished at like six in the morning. They just started going through, and it was. I mean, it was awesome. Like all the pictures are beautiful, and you just see all these people in love, and all these people. And I mean, if you look at that, and you don't get a lump in your throat looking at all these people who have been, you know, on the margins of society for so long because people have said that you can't get married, and then they finally get an opportunity to be like everybody else. And you know, we've talked about the reasons why they want to get married. It's not about the good stuff. It's not about the holding hands and the weddings and all that because you can have a fucking ceremony and you can have a party without actually getting married it's all the little stuff that's really important about being married like being able to decide on estates being able to be co-owners and be on people's insurance and all that other stuff that goes into being married fact is is that you know you look at these people and you look at how happy they are and you think you know what the fuck are we fighting about Look at these people and look at how happy they are. Why do you want to deprive them of their happiness? Why do you want to deprive them of this moment? Who are you to say they can't get married? Why do you care so much? Whether or not it's two, you know, 60-year-old women who want to get married with each other. Who cares? Why, do you, why is that a big deal? And this guy, you know, is, is basically saying, well, you can't tell me who to love. Well, neither can you, man. Yeah, and it's not, like, it's not hate speech to be like, Hey, dude, I'm gay. Oh, okay, that's cool. Where's the hate speech? How right. is that hate speech? It's not hate speech to say it's okay to be gay. How is the, How in the world could you possibly say that that's like a hateful, like, I'm tolerant of your worldview. Oh, you're full of hate. Like, motherfucker, I'm just as tolerant of your worldview because right. I don't give a shit who you fuck. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care who you fuck, how you fuck them, where you fuck them. Just, it's fine. If they're a consenting adult, it's fine. Whatever you do with them, I don't care if you fuck them in the ear every night. Makes no fucking difference to me at right. all. They're a consenting adult. You're a consenting adult. Fucking makes, I don't, who cares? Who possibly could care? It's none of my business. And it's the least important thing about a relationship for the public consumption, right? Right. It, who who could possibly give a shit what your genitals do? It's not meaningful. Like, and I love, too, it's like their signs are great. Like, ex-gays demand to be heard. No. There's seven of you, dude. Yeah. You don't demand anything. You fucking ask politely. You demand like, like a fucking uh, a book club in Topeka. That's how many people are in your fucking, in your goddamn group. That's how much demand you cause. And, and you know, the, I totally agree about the sex thing, right? Like, it's like, it's not like you go in on Monday morning uh, at work and everybody's sitting around and they're like, so how many times you fucked your wife this weekend? I know. Nobody's, I, they've never, I've never been asked that question that by anyone ever, ever, yeah. ever, ever, ever. People say, hey, what'd you do this weekend? 
you know? Or did you and Sarah do something this week? They'll say, you know, something like that. Yeah, we went out and hung out. I never mentioned sex. I'm never like, yeah, we fucked like three times, you know, once in the afternoon, <laughs> twice at night. Um, you know, same old stuff, you know, came in her ass, you know, those sorts of things or whatever. You know, I mean, like nobody... Nobody fucking asks those questions and nobody cares about the answers. I know. The fact is, is like, you know, they, they, they care about the person that you're with and they say, Hey, did you go do something this weekend? Yeah. I hung out and I went over on a boat and I fucking, you know, fished or whatever, or I went for a drive or I, you know, whatever, all the things that you do on your free time, that's what they care about. Nobody cares about whether or not you're banging somebody. So why do you care so much about other people banging? The only reason you care so much is because you've oppressed yourself. (laughs) And you're so frustrated because you want to be who you want to be, but you can't because you got to hold up this sign that says, I'm not gay anymore. I know. It's such a fucking terrible. Because of the peer pressure, you're a tiny, tiny group. <laughs> when you succumb to the peer pressure of seven people. Yeah. When you're surrounded by a whole world that is coming quickly to the realization that no one cares. And exactly what you're saying. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> we made a big deal about this. Yeah. Really? We have other shit to worry about, you know? Like, this is fucking croissants in Syria. Who gives a shit? (laughs) It is. (laughs) So we start out the the email section this week. We want to thank April and Man Chicken. Man Chicken. For their uh, delicious donations. They they pledge their hard-earned money and or chicken. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, we are very, very happy that they can uh, that they can uh, give us some money, and we're you know we're always happy when people go out of their way to uh, to donate to this show. So seriously, thank you both very much. Yeah, thank you, I, Cecil. Can we get a donate chicken button? Mm-mm. No, that's not no, a thing. No, we just the thing is is like pretty much PayPal turns our donations automatically into hot wings, <laughs> so it it doesn't matter. That would be fucking great if you could show up to a bank and, like, there's just teller tubes full of hot wings. <laughs> teller tubes full of hot wings. I love it. So we got a couple of things about uh, Zimmerman, Tom. We got a, a bunch of different emails about it, and uh, we wanted to say a few things about it. The first is is that um, I want to say that I was wrong um, and I was corrected by a couple people. The stand your ground law was not used as a defense. That was initially what he was planning on using, but it was not used as a defense. And that was never really brought up in the trial. So that was my mistake. And I and I apologize. That's not something that um, that he decided to use. He used a self-defense um, defense. And uh, the other thing that uh, I wanted to say, too, is that uh, that, you know, there was there was some back and forth about what the the sort of facts in the trial are. And uh, and a couple people did point out that, you know, he was told to go back to his car and he said yes. But at that point, he had already followed somebody. So he was already out of his car and already sort of jogging behind someone when they started to run, Trevon, when he started to run. So that's what, you know, we had I had messed that up, too, and said that he had followed him at and and did disobeyed a direct order. He did not disobey a direct order. We don't know if let's let me let me rephrase that. We don't know if he disobeyed a direct order. He said okay to the police officer on the end of the phone when he when he when he hung up with uh, 911. We don't know that he didn't continue on or go do something else. 
all we know is that right after that, Trevon was shot. So I wanted to make those two corrections before we get involved in some of the other things that other people were saying. You know, a big bone of contention here um, was that this was basically just a cut and dry case of self-defense. A lot of people sent us back, you know, hey, this is the account of what happened. And then and they relay an account, um, you know, where Trevon was the aggressor. Trevon had Zimmerman uh, pinned down on the ground, was beating him, bashing his head into the ground, and that uh, <clears throat> Zimmerman pulled his gun in self-defense and shot him. Um, and I will say, I you know, maybe that's what happened. Maybe it's not what yeah, happened. Yeah, sure. You know, and then again, like you said, you know, reasonable doubt. Sure, maybe that happened. Yeah, it's that is an entirely believable thing that may have may have happened. Um, I think that the thing that raises our ire, um, and we were talking about this before the show, um, is the 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 issue of invulnerability that comes with people walking around carrying guns. Um, things escalate far too quickly. We we don't know what happened with Zimmerman. It's it's very possible that everything that Zimmerman said is is true and is honest and is a is an accurate retelling of what what actually happened. The eyewitness accounts are pretty fucking sketchy. You know, it, people didn't nobody was really clear um on oh yeah, I saw the entire chain of events and here's what happened. But it, it, regardless, the the issue I think that you and I have Cecil is that once you once you establish that somebody's walking around with a gun, trolling around for trouble, which is, I mean, I mean that's what you're doing. Like you're the fucking neighborhood watch. You put a gun in your belt and you troll around looking for ne'er do wells, looking for bad guys, right? Yeah. You're if he wasn't, if he was not looking, if he was not looking for some sort of trouble, he would have stayed in his car and he wouldn't have had a gun. Those are the two things I think that sort of indicate that he was out there looking for something to escalate. And things escalate well beyond the point of of reason and control when guns are introduced so casually into um, and, and I say that meaningfully so casually into these encounters. Um, people, in in our opinion, and I know that there's a ton of people that are going to disagree with us, and that's okay. In in our opinion, people don't need to conceal and carry. Like that's you don't. We just don't need citizens to be randomly armed walking around. I think it generates a, um, a road rage sort of a culture, right? Like, you you know, we were talking about this before. You're walking down the street. Somebody bumps into you. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You walk on, right? Everybody's very polite when it's when when you're uh, man-to-man, person-to-person. When, you're, when you've got an even playing field, everybody is very, generally speaking, polite. Put two people in a car and have somebody cut somebody off. Now, all of a sudden, you're surrounded by this big metal cage. You've got 2,000 pounds that can go 100 miles an hour surrounding you. And people get a bigger dick when they get in that car. And they start driving more aggressively and they start weaving and they start yelling and flipping each other off. Because now, all of a sudden, there's a feeling of invulnerability because they have this artificial feeling of power. Um, And I think guns are analogous to that. I think when you put a gun in somebody's waistband or on their belt or in their fucking boot or wherever you want to carry it, all of a sudden people are a lot less worried about getting into trouble. People don't necessarily feel like they need to de-escalate a situation because you've got that fucking ace up your sleeve all the time. And hey, if you've got the right to be in this situation, I've got the right. I don't have to back down and I've got this ace up my sleeve if shit goes tits up. That's a bad call. That's a that's a recipe for people getting not hurt, but killed. Killed. 
a lot of this stuff, when people are like, oh, you guys are so wrong on Zimmerman, it's this, it's this, it's this. You know what? The guy was out looking for trouble and it escalated and he shot somebody and he murdered him. And I don't want to live in a country where somebody should just be able to walk down the street and get into a fist fight and escalate it to a murder. I think that that is a bad a bad call. And I just, I think that's a shitty thing to have happen. I think it's, I think it's a really shitty thing to have happen. So when we initially talked about it, I was pissed off, but I think I was wrong in the reasons I was pissed off because as, as was pointed out to me, there's a couple of things here that, that, that are not, that were not used by him. The, the stand your ground rule, in my opinion, adds fuel to this fire. While it's not the thing he used, it gives people a, a reason to think that somehow their actions are justified when they can escalate up to a different level of violence. Yep. And I think that that is a bad precedent to set anywhere, period. You should never be looking to escalate violence ever, ever, ever. It should always be looking to de-escalate the violence or letting professionals handle the violence. That's what should be happening. That's what should, we should be training people to do. We should not be training people to put guns in their waistband and walk around because some kid had, you know, thought they thought some kid was a ne'er-do-well. You know, this guy's not a trained police officer. He's not somebody who is who understands, you know, uh, body language or anything like that. He's just some dude with a fucking gun. And he picked the wrong kid because this kid was not a ne'er-do-well. So, the you know, whether or not the whole situation went out of control and spiraled out of control, I don't dispute that. But I think that the, the reason why this situation spiraled out of control is because there was a gun there. And that's why it happened. So we got an invitation to be on uh, a podcast called Skeptically Challenged. We are um, hopefully planning on being on that podcast in the future. And we got a chance to uh, to talk to Ross a little bit. And uh, Ross sent us an email and said, at first he talked about uh, an episode that happened a long time ago, so I won't tell you about what he had to say in that email. But uh, he he asked if we would be in, in, interested. So we're going to put a link to uh, to the Skeptically Challenged um, sort of links that he has, the one into YouTube, the one at, uh, at Facebook, and then he also has a, uh, a, a web page. So we're going we're gonna to link to that, Ross. And, uh, and we'll be in future contact with you. Good luck with your show. And we'll let you guys know if uh, we get a date scheduled. We got an email from, uh, from Nairman. And Nairman, it was a really great email. He says he's been listening, he's been listening since about uh, episode 80. He's Swedish and he lives in England. And he's going to be in Chicago on business. And he just said, hey, if you guys are going to be around, I'd like to buy you guys some you know, hot wings and beer if you're around. And, uh, and while this is a, you know, an absolutely awesome offer, thank you so much. This, these next two weeks for me are going to be absolutely killer. And I know Tom, you're never free for anything ever. <laughs> um, but you know, thank you very much, Nerman. Uh, we really appreciate the offer. Yeah. I'm really sorry. We can't take you up on it. Um, I would, I think it'd be awesome to meet you, but, um, it, it's just, it's just, the timing is just shit. Um, and I don't turn down beer and hot wings. I know. Uh, I don't lightly. <laughs> I normally fill so. my gaping maw with those things whenever I can. But but uh, it's incredibly generous. Thank yeah, you very much for the very offer. Nice. We, we, we just wanted to acknowledge that. Thank you. We're going to toss it out to, uh, to Stu in the Middle East here. Hello and welcome to Middle East News. Saudi court orders severing of defendant's leg. A Saudi court has ordered the severing of a local man's leg after he caused the amputation of the leg of another Saudi when he shot him during an argument. The court left the door open for a reversal of the verdict in case the defendant pays Dia, blood money, to the victim, who is demanding 1.5 million reals. Talal al-Shamari shot Mohammed al-Muteri in the leg during a fight in the eastern Saudi town of Damam several years ago. 
Doctors at a government hospital decided to amputate Muteri's leg to save his life. Mediation efforts by a number of tribe leaders and dignitaries have succeeded in persuading Muteri's family to accept Diem. Shamari's family is now appealing for public help to pay the sum and save their son's leg, the Arabic Daily said. So thanks and stay tuned for all your amputation needs. Have a nice day. Well, that seems like a reasonable yeah, response. Yeah, you know, just like it's fucking, it's the, you know, saw your own leg off fucking World War II, what is it, Civil War doctor <laughs> response, right? <laughs> I, I I love that they're taking like a metaphor that literally, I right? Know. Like <laughs> eye for an eye. Well, it actually is about like a just punishment. It's, it's a, a leg punishment for a to leg. fit a crime. No, we're actually cutting off fucking legs. Yeah. Like that's They think awesome. they're all salamanders. They're just going to grow them back. <laughs> Nicholas sends an email and he says, I would like your advice on fracking. I've looked into information, but it seems to get biased information one way or the other. He's like, I'm a lefty from New- from Lincoln, uh, from near Lincoln in England. And, uh, and I would love to hate fracking as it is more of the big corporations thinking about money before people, but I'm just not sure. Is fracking good, bad, or somewhere in between? Um, here's the thing about fracking. Uh, I don't know enough about it. And Tom... Yeah, I've tried to know enough about it, and I've been unsuccessful in knowing enough about it. Um, there's a couple of uh, Intelligence Squared debates that I've listened to um, that revolve around uh, fracking and fracking-related issues. Um, there was a natural gas one relatively recently, and then there was one just on fracking itself. Um, and I listened to both of them, and I found myself uh, woefully unable to make a decision um, on how I feel about the issue. I think the the problem is that there's really good points on both, like really legitimately good points on both sides of the argument. Um, and I don't think one of them for me comes out so much stronger than the other. Um, I, you know, I think energy concerns and financial concerns are real and significant. And, and uh, you know, we don't have right now a lot of viable, you know, third sources of energy. Like, you know, we're fucking fossil fuels. It's like it's. That's it. You know, that's what we're generating our energy on. Like the rest of it is marginal. Um, But then there's some fucking incredibly persuasive problems um, with fracking. So I'd encourage you to listen to the debates. Intelligence Squared. uh, There's a U.S. version and there's the good version. Um, (laughs) So you can listen to both of my listen to them regularly. I think they're great. Um, and if you make up your mind, fucking send me an email because I can't make up mine. I, I mean, I feel like I feel the same way you do, Tom. I, I, I feel like I naturally want to be against it mainly because it it feels like you're sort of fucking with the environment in a way that seems unchangeable. But at the same time, you know, you're right. There are other concerns there. I, I personally think that, you know. We should be looking at renewable sources of, en- of energy, and there's lots of clean renewable sources of energy out there. This seems like, you know, another bad idea. You know, but yeah, there's know. there it's it's not that it's not that uh, that I don't think that you know I don't it's not that I know that it's harmful it's that I think that the the chance of it being harmful is still there and if there's no chance I mean what's the chance of you know what's the worst thing that's going to happen oh God we had a, a solar cell spill <laughs> you know what I mean that, that's not going to happen so you know let like let's look into some other things that can help us along that's where I stand on it. We got an email from Andrew, and Andrew is in Canada, and he said, "Hey guys, Kingston is a city, and this is, and I think I he should this. have put quotes around that, Tom. That sort of city. It has a population of about a hundred and twenty-five thousand people. I know that's compared small to compared to some of your American megacities, or just an American city, Andrew. Um, it says 
Uh, but it's the and he says it's the 11th biggest city in the province of Ontario. And it's the 25th in all of Canada. And we were looking just out of curiosity when we read the email and we were talking before the show. Um, 125,000 people um, isn't small compared to a mega city. It's an average suburb. Like it's it's not an average suburb. It's a it's a pretty it's a large goodish suburb. sized yeah. suburb. Um, but it's not like it's. I mean, you would not describe that as a city. Like you're not like going to the city of Naperville. Like it's yeah. and that's 143,000 people. That's yeah, it's a city. a city in name, right? It's. I mean, but it's a, it used to be a village for crying out loud, and it's still set up like a village. It's still villagey. Like there's a yeah. fucking river walk. It's it's got a fucking it's got a duke or something that runs it. It's like a county. There's a count. There's they still have a pillory in the town square. <laughs> <laughs> they got a crier who walks around, you know, swinging the bell. Like it's four o'clock. The other thing that nobody sent us an email on is the deep south comment. Nobody was like, yeah, well, Kingston is the deep south of. Canada no, or whatever. Right. Yeah. Know. They're just, they just fucking recognize, like, no, if it's fucking racist shithead hillbillies from the deep south, that's American export. Yeah. <laughs> we got uh we got an email from Dave Thomas that included the uh at the beginning of the show we played a glory hole song. That was Dave. Um Dave from uh Great Britain. And Dave actually I could understand him because he was singing Hillbilly. <laughs> and I can totally understand him. I so speak Dave, hillbilly. Yeah, man. When you speak hillbilly, actually, every time you call, you should just speak hillbilly because I understand you just fine. Um, but yeah, he he left that song. It was him and uh, and Ricky. They made uh, they made that song. So thank you, Ricky and Dave, for your uh, your delightfully dirty song. And as Tom said earlier, what has our podcast become? <laughs> I just saw the whole time. It's like this has gone off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we got an email from uh, from from Dave, and Dave says, "Hey guys, Glory Hole. My name's David. I'm in the UK. I love your show. However, I do have one minor problem. Recently, you started playing audio clips and talking over them. Now, uh, now, even though the stuff you say is funny, I always uh, I always can't hear the uh, the other audio. So, any chance you could stop uh, the audio when you make a comment? Um, no, um, we're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, but I will say this, David, and you know, like I'm not trying to be a dick, but I will say this." You know, you can find, as you listen to in the beginning of the, in the middle of the show, you can find every single story we do and almost all the clips. So I I would say every clip we do is fine. You can find it very easily uh, in the show notes. So you just look at the story we're talking about, stop the podcast, go to dissonancepod.com, go to the episode, and then just listen to the thing fully and then come back and you can hear us, you know, yammering over it and being idiots. We found, we have actually gotten a lot more people to say that they actually love that we do that. They think it's a lot more a lot more fun and funnier. So that's why we, we keep doing it. So. And we've discovered that whatever we do is the wrong thing for somebody. So yeah. you know, I think this is just the wrong thing for you, David. Sorry. Sorry man. It's, it's an easily fixable problem, though, David. Yeah. I mean, you can easily Absolutely. just you can it, all those clips are available. Tom, this this is something uh, very interesting. I've been, you know, I've been, I've been fat for a long time. So, you know, I think I'm going to do this. Yeah, this is uh, somebody linked uh, linked this to us. This is a prayer to help you lose unhealthful excess weight. Um, and I'm I'm going to read part of this. So everybody, first, close your eyes in a quiet place and breathe deeply. Focus upon the excess weight and hold the intention of having a conversation with it. Silently ask the excess weight, why are you with me? What purpose are you serving? Energy. 
Listen to the answer, which may surprise you. Most likely, the excess weight will tell you that it's trying to protect you from... The excess weight won't fucking talk. (laughs) It won't say anything. You can't ask fat tissue questions. You can, however, fold your stomach into the shape of a mouth and make a make it talk that way. Oh, sure, want. yeah. Draw the yeah. circles around your nipples and make the yeah. big party. party Wear a up. big giant top hat <laughs> over the top part of your torso and walk around. Yeah, that's totally feasible. I like it. The, uh, that's it, how I spend Sunday. I mean... That's, that, that's actually how I go to work. Yeah. This, <laughs> you will feel lighter after this conversation, she says. No, I'm not going to feel lighter after anything. The only way for me to feel lighter is to get some of those, like, hooks that from fucking Dune that, like, help to hold you up. <laughs> like repulsors. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to mention that we got a iTunes review that just fucking stuck in my craw, and I want to read it. This is by Stinky Giblets. He says, <laughs> I keep giving this show a second sh- uh, uh, show a chance, and every time it bites me in the arse. Who the fuck says arse? I, me? I don't know. The content is always informative and interesting, and I genuinely like the hosts, hence my repeat listening. But the forced over laughter is distracting, and I feel like I'm watching a sitcom with a laugh track or listening to a schlocky morning radio show. These two laugh way too hard at each other's lines. They're both clever and funny, but the con- they constantly react to each other's to one another's mildly funny comments like they're hearing pure comedy gold every time. It is equivalent to a crowd cheering for the kickoff at a football game with the same enthusiasm they put into cheering for a touchdown. It doesn't feel organic, and ultimately it becomes a sore thumb of of the conversation they have. Again, I'm not saying they aren't funny. I really like them. Listen for yourself and see if you recognize what I'm talking about now that you've read this. Maybe it's just me. I just want to say to Stinky Giblets, stop fucking listening, dude. Don't give us a second try. Don't give us a third try. Don't give us a fourth try. Go fucking away, dude. You don't have to listen to our show. I don't fucking want you to listen to our show. If you think that we that, that we ruin the show by laughing, don't fucking listen, man. Why the fuck would you even leave a comment like this? You're a jagoff. <laughs> Go away. Fucking leave. Don't come back. That goes for anybody who doesn't like the show. If you don't like the show, fucking, you know, I want to say God bless you, but it's an atheist show. But whatever, <laughs> you know, best of luck. Right. Good luck to you. Go somewhere else where you're going to enjoy yourself. I certainly don't want you to spend an hour of your time being like, man, this show is okay, but it really bites me in the arse. <laughs> like, fuck you. And, and, you know, like, that's the thing is, like, people like this. They are just so unfunny. They have never been funny in their life. They've never had a conversation where somebody's made them laugh. So they just they just think it's not natural. It's not natural to laugh when you're around somebody who you genuinely enjoy talking to. Well, I'm sorry, buddy. I don't know what to tell you other than you're just probably an unfriendly, unfunny person. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Yeah, I, I can't think of what we have to gain from having you as a listener if you don't enjoy the show. Like, And what do you have to gain from making it all the way to the end? Like, you made it to the end. It's like, it's, this isn't a fucking marathon. It's like you made it to the end. You're like, I accomplished a thing. It's like you made it to the end. Right. You didn't accomplish anything. You didn't I make read it- the fucking Iliad, dude. You listen to us yammer. When I make it to the end of this show, that's an achievement. Yeah. When you make it to the end of this show, you just wasted your time. Yeah. <laughs> we want to close this, this show out with a, uh, a message we got from Thor. Thor's links are going to be on our webpage so for this episode, episode 110, so you can check us out, check Thor's links out there. Thor left a excellent version of the Skeptic's Creed. 
Yeah, it's so cool. It's fucking Thor worthy. Yeah, I mean, first off, awesome fucking name. I know. Secondly, secondly, awesome version of the Skeptics Creed. We're going to let Thor play us out. He's got a couple things to say. First, a plug he wants to do, which we're going to keep in, but we're going to end with him playing and singing the Skeptics Creed. Hey, guys. First off, glory hole. 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 Second, I have attached a skeptic's creed to this message that hopefully you'll like. Third, I'm wondering if you guys might be able to help me promote a show that I'm doing. I'm releasing my third album. It's an album of Native American folk tales set to art rock music, and I'm doing it at the Des Plaines Theater September 22nd at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. It's a Sunday afternoon just outside of Chicago. Thank you so much, and now for my version of The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue It's fortune cookie cutter mommy issue Hypno-Babylon bullshit Coached in scientician Double bubble toil and trouble Alternative Acupunctuating Pressurized Stereogram Pyramidal Free Energy Healing Water Downward Spiral Brain Deadpan Sales Pitch Late Night Info Documentment Leo Pisces Cancer Cures Detox Flex foot massage, death and towers, tarot cards, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques, and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins. Truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, and vaccine nuts, shaman, healers, evangelists, conspiracy, double speak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your sides, thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council.
It's like, oh, let's go to the state fair. It'll be super fun until some fucking crazy abortion dude comes up. You know, the pro-choicers would be every bit as wrong. Right? Absolutely. It, doesn't, it makes no difference. Like, this isn't even about that. It's just. They were walking around handing out coat hangers. It'd be awful. It'd <laughs> be terrible. <laughs> Little vacuums. <laughs> and there we go. We're off we the just fucking went over rails. the edge. That's awesome. Fucking little vacuums. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> it's like a Floby. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> it's the Cuisinart heart of abortion. Oh, no. oh shit. It's the worst thing. <laughs> it's like a vacuum and a juicer all in one. <laughs> This is all shit that cannot go in the show. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That's really terrible. There's no way we could put that in the show. (laughs) 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 Sounds like a table saw when you turn it on. It's the worst Willet blend ever. (laughs) He's dropping fetuses in his blend. (laughs) Oh, man. <laughs> you gotta put some marbles in there or something to make it challenging at least, you know? <laughs> Fucking abortion with a floby, good god. I handed out coat hangers, Jesus. We're off the rails. Yeah, we are. That's alright. I got nothing left. <laughs> no, no, that's it. Well, I'll all just right. try to transition out of that as best I can. 